Welcome back to another episode of Bible Conversations. Today, we're going to be talking about the usage of alcohol and drugs and what the Bible has to say about it. Well, welcome back, everybody, to another episode. We're uh, excited to talk about this one. This one is slightly more personal for me, as uh, I grew up in a household where alcohol was consumed. I had uh, college roommates who uh, drank and partied all the time, and I even actually had a college roommate who I, I walked in while he was um, uh, rolling a joint. Hmm. Uh, so I've, I've, um, you know, not not that that's a hard drug, but it's a drug, and it's something that uh, I, I wasn't expecting, nor did I want to see, but. Uh, but here we are, and so I, I kind of get a little bit of a personal uh, take on this, but uh, ultimately we want to see what the Bible has to say. We yeah. want to see what the Scriptures have to say. And uh, So, Dylan, I'll kind of let you uh, kick us off with some thoughts. Well, again, kind of like our discussion last week um, with modesty, you know, we said you could ask 10 different Christians and they'd give you 20 different answers about <laughs> what it means to to be modest as far as like an actual set of rules. Yes. Um, like everybody agrees, modesty comes from the heart. Modesty is a heart that's that's turned over to God. But yep. whenever you try to define like the rules and what it looks like on somebody, then people have all these different kinds of opinions, and that's the problem with you know trying to turn modesty into a rule rather than yes. just it being a a heart devoted to God. Um, <clears throat> this topic is kind of the same way in yeah. that uh, if you ask ten different Christians about what does the Bible say about drinking. Yeah. Um, you could get 20 different answers. Yeah. Now, everybody, nearly everybody, I shouldn't say everybody, um, the majority of people agree drunkenness is wrong. <clears throat> yeah. You know, if you are, are, you know, passed out, laying in your puke, drunk, like that's, that's not, not right. Not yeah. Good. That's not good. Um, but I kind of want to look at, uh, a closer look into scripture and, and see really like, where's the line? Yeah. You know, I, I think that's the question that a lot of people ask is like, where's the line? Like how yeah. much can I drink? I know I shouldn't be passed out in my puke drunk. Yeah. Is it um, sinful if? Yeah, exactly. That That's kind of the question that I want to look at today. Yeah. Um, and the first place that I really like to turn is actually um, in first Peter, first Peter chapter, chapter four, verse three. And I'm going to turn over there real quick with, with everybody. So give me just one second to flip yeah. over there. Um, but what's happening here in first Peter chapter four, verse three is, um, Peter is, is reminding them of the life that they used to live versus the life that they should live now as Christians. Um, so let's start back in verse one. Um, he says, since therefore Christ suffered in the flesh, arm yourselves with the same way of thinking for who, for whoever has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin. So as to live for the rest of the time in the flesh, no longer for human passions, but for the will of God. He's, you see, P- Peter saying here in First Peter chapter four, verses one and two, um, that if you have become a Christian, he says, if you have suffered in the flesh, in other words, if you have, have been persecuted for being a Christian, if you have been um, uh, suffered suffering for doing what is right. If you have been proven to be a follower of Christ, you no longer live for fleshly desires. You yeah. no longer live for yourself. Instead, you're living for God. And then in verse three, it says, for the time that is past suffices for doing what the Gentiles want to do, for, for doing what those who are outside of Christ 
the the time is past for that. Um, and the things that that is past for those who are in Christ is living in sensuality. That's sexual immorality. Um, passions again. Sexual immorality is is what is uh, the tone there in the Greek. Yeah. Uh, drunkenness. Now, obviously, people are going to say that's you know passed out in your puke type of drunk. That's wrong. Yeah. Um, orgies. Don't have to go into that. Um, drinking parties and lawless idolatry. Yeah. So idolatry. That's making something else your god um, yeah. other than the god of heaven. But it's interesting. He has drinking parties in there. Yeah. Um, a lot of people will will say you know. Jesus turned water into wine. Yeah. It's okay for me to drink wine. Paul told Timothy to to take a little wine for his stomach. Yeah. It's okay for, for me to go grab a beer with the boys. Yeah. Because that helps me relax. That yeah. um helps me wind down after a long day. Yeah. You see, people come up with reasons like this, but you have to ask what is the purpose of of why you're doing what you're doing. I feel like this is a question that continues to to come up so much in the past few weeks as far as conversations we've had on here, conversations I've had with with our teens here at Keller, but asking the question, why do you do what you do? And the same thing has to be asked here. Are you trying to go get a beer with the boys because you want to, you know, kind of get a little buzz, wind down from the weekend, kind of forget about work? Then you're actually specifically trying to do that to alter your state of mind. Yeah. You know, when, when you really think about it, that's, that's the purpose. That's why you're doing what you're doing. Yeah. That's what it means when Paul, when Peter's saying, this is what the Gentiles do. They go out and, and get a beer with the boys. They go out and have these drinking parties. They go out yeah. and do this. They, they go out and sit down with, uh, you know, their friends and have a glass of wine around dinner. They, they go out and, and use alcohol to alter their state of mind. Yeah. Even if it's just a little bit, they don't want to get drunk, yeah. but they want to, you know, use take alcohol. The, put, get a little buzz on. They want to take the, take the load off. Exactly. Yeah. So anyways, that's what I'm just presenting here at the start is, yeah. is, is alcohol in of itself wrong when it, if it touches your lips? Yeah. And, and I, well, sorry, I was going to say, I would say no. Yeah. But depends on why you're doing it. Because yeah. if it's touching your, just touching your lips and, yeah. and just one drop, if it's to alter your mind, if it's to do something for yourself, then yeah. Yeah. So I, I think, I think the question is so nuanced and difficult. You can't, I don't think it's possible to have just a, firm, solid one sentence answer on this, you know, it's a, it's a pretty complex discussion. Uh, so for instance, just the word alcohol, right? I mean, what, what exactly are we talking about there? Are we talking about the, the alcohol swabs that we, Mm -hmm. we wash our hands with sometimes we're talking about the, uh, you know, the rubbing alcohol that we'll put on a wound. Are we talking about, uh, you know, different types of, of things that are used for surgery, uh, that, that are, that are alcohol based. I mean, are all of, are those sinful? Like if we touch those, are we in sin? And I think the answer is no. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think, think people understand we're talking about yeah. consumption. Yeah. But, but the point is, right. At what point does it become sinful? Right. At what point yeah. is alcohol sinful? Yeah. And, and I think as we talk about partaking of it, right. Well, there's, there's NyQuil, yeah. right. I've taken NyQuil before. I don't think there's anything wrong with taking NyQuil. It, it helps me to sleep. And yeah. in some ways you could argue, well, that's, you know, changing the state of your mind. Yeah. Um, but for the purpose of sleeping, for the yeah. purpose of resting, for the purpose of uh, being able to wake up and, and do God's will and 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 serve Him, 
And this is where the argument just becomes a real slippery slope because you could you could argue that the same can be said about going out, like you said, having a drink with the boys. But I struggle with that. I really, really struggle with that, that idea of social drinking uh, and or even staying at home and, and having a glass of wine and, and doing that. I, I struggle with it. And I struggle with it because, you know, I, I've got I've got a family member who um, – who has, has struggled with with most of most of his adult life with with really I guess functional alcoholism, and it's all under the guise and all under the the pretense of of taking a little bit off right and, mm-hmm. and relaxing and uh, so I do think it one hundred percent goes back to the purpose in which you are doing it. And yep. In First, first Timothy five twenty three that that's what you were referencing earlier with Paul telling Timothy no longer drink only water. But use a little wine for the sake of your stomach and your frequent ailments. Well, back then, health-wise, they didn't have filtered water. They didn't yeah. have clean water. With the water they got, if it was clean, they had to boil it. And even then, I, I don't know that that was something that they were overly aware of doing, right? Yeah. So they, they got water from the river. Well, there's fish in the river, and those fish, they defecate. And so you're, you're looking at drinking water that has feces in it and drinking water that has urine in it and drinking water that has all sorts of diseases and issues with it. And so the wine, the alcohol, what we use it for surgically and medically is to sterilize things. Well, it sterilized the water. Mm-hmm. And that was the purpose of it. And today, uh, you know, there, there are proven health effects to having a glass of wine at night. There's also proven health effects to getting a good night's sleep. And there's proven health effects to running. And there's proven health effects to eating right. And there's proven health effects to doing all sorts of different things. And so I, I don't believe that just because it may be healthy or semi-healthy to have a glass of wine, that that necess- necessitates it to happen. Uh, I, I really struggle with that. And where I want to go with all of this is there's there's three separate ver- you read from First Timothy four and we'll mm-hmm. we'll go back or for, is it, sorry First Peter four yeah, and we'll first go Peter 4. back to First Peter four here in a second but I want to start in First Timothy one and the the subtitle here the non uh, uh, inspired subtitle there is called to be holy and in verse thirteen it says therefore preparing your minds for action and being sober minded. Set your hope fully on the grace that will be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Where are you at again, real quick? First uh, Peter chapter one. First Peter. Okay, you, yeah. you mentioned First Timothy, so yeah. that, that's my why bad. I was wrong. My bad. Yeah, First Timothy was the the uh, Peter or Paul telling Peter to drink. Paul a telling Timothy. Timothy. I'm, I'm not. I'm not tired. <laughs> He's had a long week. <laughs> I have. We both have. So yeah, Paul is telling Timothy drink a little wine for your stomach in yeah. First Timothy, and now you're reading out of First Peter. First Peter um, one chapter thirteen. Start starting in verse one, thirteen. Verse thirteen. Yeah. Um, yeah, preparing your minds for action and being sober-minded, set your hope fully on the grace that will be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. So this idea that we are to be sober-minded, and, uh, you know, it's it's a, an argument that was brought up a couple of years ago with the college group here, actually. And I find that to be the most poignant argument for not partaking of any alcohol. Mm-hmm is as soon as the alcohol enters your body, it enters your system, it enters your bloodstream, you are no longer completely and 100% sober-minded. Yeah. I uh, heard a story once of a, uh, I was the president of a Christian college. I think it was, it might have been Lipscomb. And he had just gotten home from uh, a long day, 
It was a long day at the office, long day at work. He gets home and he sits down and he takes off his shoes, pours him a glass of wine and drinks a glass of wine. And about an hour or so later, he gets a call from the university. Something bad's happened. He needs to go back up. So he's driving up there and on the way, it's into a car wreck and someone dies. And, and I'm not saying that had he not had the glass of wine that he wouldn't have been in the wreck, but it is a possibility. And the fact that his blood alcohol content was enough that it registered uh, is, is, is a problem, at least in my mind. And so yeah. we look at this idea of being sober-minded. Now, and, and as far as even considering what even is sober, that's the yeah. that's another problem is people will say, you know, you, you can have a blood alcohol like um, – content yeah content i was like what is that word that i'm thinking of yeah. um like below what is it 0.8 here in america and you're still yeah. able to drive that's fine yes you know another point eight point zero point zero eight. yeah no point eight would be bad point uh, <laughs> zero eight and you're still fine you're still good to drive yeah. in other countries it's like like point zero nine or point one two or something like that you know like yeah. e- each country has a different one so what are we letting america dictate god's law yeah. or are we trying to figure out what what does God mean through yeah. his inspired letter that he used Paul to write when he says to be sober-minded? What what does God intend for that to be read as? Yes. Is that to be read as the laws of the land dictate what soberness is? Yeah. Or God dictates what soberness is? Yeah. So moving back to the fourth chapter in in 1 Peter, in verse 7, right after where you had just finished reading, mm-hmm. you know, where, where you had talked about, you know, this is why the gospel is preached, even to those who are dead, that though judged in the flesh, the way people are, they might live in the spirit the way God does. So we are to mm-hmm. live in the spirit. And then verse 7, it says, the end of all things is at hand. Therefore, be self-controlled and sober-minded. And now it says, for the sake of your prayers. So we're to be sober-minded, setting our hope on the grace, and we're to be sober-minded for the sake of our prayers, because God is who we talk to. God mm-hmm. is who we pray to. And so we're, we're called to be sober-minded, and then it, it happens, he mentions it again in, in chapter 5, and uh, I'm going to have to to find exactly where it says it. Um, you mean as far as being sober-minded? Being That's sober-minded. in the verse 7. Verse 7. No, sorry, verse 8. Verse 8. Okay. Um yeah, there it is. So we'll start in 6. It says, Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that at the proper time he may exalt you, casting all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. Now, I want to hold it there for a second because when we talk about this idea of social drinking or taking mm-hmm. a load off or whatever, why do we do it? To cast our anxieties away. To cast our anxieties away. Well, who are we supposed to yeah. cast our anxieties on? Yeah, on the Lord. And then in we read verse... here. We Jesus tells us that yeah. um, it's all all the time. Like, don't don't be anxious. Yeah. Cast your worry on Him. Cast your anxiety on Him. Yeah. Let other people bear your burdens. Let your brothers and sisters in Christ bear your burdens. Yeah. Um, you know, rely on God, rely not on, on yourself. Yeah. Then verse eight it says, "Be sober minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour." So we are to be sober-minded in order to set our minds and our hope on the grace that is given. We are to be sober-minded for the sake of our prayers, and we are to be sober-minded because the devil is prowling around. And, you know, when I I don't think you've ever had anything to drink, which I commend you Mm -hmm. for that. Um, I have. Back when I was in college prior to being a Christian and— I, man, I got, I got a little tipsy at one point and I remember like walking around and, and I couldn't walk straight. I couldn't, 
like it wasn't it wasn't good you know like I had to I went to my bed and I just I stayed up no joke I just played a game for like four hours until I could see straight hmm. and then I went to bed so it was like four and four or five in the morning until I was actually able to go to sleep because the effects of the alcohol took so long to come out it wasn't like I drank a ton yeah but I drank enough and man I I was not like I couldn't think completely clearly like and I knew it like I things were a little fuzzy and it's hard to focus on something when you're not sober yeah man, it's hard to focus on stuff when we are sober Right? Like we're sitting in church sometimes and paying attention to an hour-long sermon is tough. Hour long? Is that how long you think I preach? No, I'm just saying no. it's like an hour-long service, I guess <laughs> I is what I should I'm say. I'm messing with you. Yeah. Um, but, but it's No, hard. I know what you mean. It, it yeah. is hard to focus. Um, and so much less when something is impeding or, exactly. or changing your, your well, thoughts. And so that's the point of, of being sober-minded is yeah. don't wh- – why would you willingly consume something that is going to cause you to – to lose focus yeah. on on God. Yeah. You see, we're told to be watching for when Christ is going to come back. Yeah. Nobody knows the day or the hour, so always be ready. Always be prepared. Jesus tells a parable about those um, those ten virgins who yeah. some were prepared with oil for their lamps, some were not. Those who were prepared got to come into the wedding feast when the bridegroom returned. That's a, a parable talking about when Christ is going to come, come back, when he's yeah. going to return. Those who are prepared is going to are the ones that go get to go be with Christ. Those who are not prepared are going to get left outside the gate because yeah. they were found unprepared. Yeah. And so what are we going to be found prepared or unprepared when Christ comes back? Yeah. Um, now, one more place that I want to take people is Ephesians chapter five. Mm-hmm. Um, and this was one that we always think about, like how we sing or to, yeah. to make melody in our hearts. We're supposed to use our voices. Um, we read that in, in chapter five, verse 19, but right before that in verse 18, it says, and do not get drunk with wine for that is debauchery, but be filled with the spirit. And then it goes on to say, and addressing one another in Psalms and spiritual songs. That's how you're filled with the spirit is by singing to one another, making melody in your heart to the Lord. Mm-hmm. Now that is interesting that Paul puts in there, don't get drunk with wine, but instead sing. Yeah. Um, because we're talking about that casting our anxieties on him, yes. uh, letting one another bear our burdens, uh, not trying to handle all of our problems just by ourselves. Mm-hmm. And it says, don't be drunk with wine. Don't get your your filling from wine. Don't get your satisfaction from wine. Don't get your Don't your, get your high. high. Yeah. Um from alcohol. Yeah. But be filled with the spirit. You see, yeah. when you're with brothers and sisters and you're focused on what you're doing and you're actually thinking to the about the words that are being sung, that's the sense of I don't have anything else to worry about in this life. Yeah. Uh, God is in control. The the song that really gets me is a, actually a newer one, Living Hope. Mm-hmm. And you know that one. Um, the last verse of that song, um, it talks about uh, – uh, oh, how does it start? I don't remember how the verse starts, but I remember the one phrase that, that gets me every time is that his buried body began to breathe. Yeah, And I'm just like – Man, that is so powerful. Even just talking about right now, I'm getting goosebumps. But like, like thinking about Christ dying on the cross, he's put in the tomb, the stones rolled over, three days pass, and then you just like, like imagine being a fly on the wall in Christ's tomb. (laughs) I know that's a weird thought, but like imagine being a fly on the wall and you just see this body that's been dead for three days, like his chest starts to breathe. Yeah. And then Jesus sits up. 
And I'm just like, oh, man. You know, like, takes off all the wraps, folds them, puts them at the yeah. foot, foot of where he was laying. Like, yeah. as we read when the disciples went in there and they that's how they find the tomb. Yeah. Um, like, that's what I think about when we're singing that song and his buried body began to breathe. And that's what Paul's talking about in Ephesians chapter 5. Yeah. Don't get drunk with wine. Yeah. D- don't worry about that stuff that's going to going to cause you to lose focus that's going to cause you to to not be fully cognizant of what's happening around you yeah instead go sing with your brothers and sisters that's going to help you remember you have nothing to worry about that's going to help you yeah remember who's really in control yeah that's what it means to be filled with the spirit yeah. you know i so i think we're getting close to done but i want to want to talk this week so we had titus camp this week yes and um Dylan, you did an awesome job with it and uh we had steve meyer come out mm-hmm and he talked with the boys for a little bit, and he, at one point, as soon as almost as soon as he got there, he said, "You know, guys, I'm, I'm the happiest man alive." Mm-hmm. And uh, he says, "It's not that I don't have troubles, not that I don't have problems, but it's because I've got joy in Christ. Like yeah. I have faith and hope in Christ, and I know that I am saved because of Him." And, yeah. And, and I was about to step up in that class and be like, "I, I disagree. I am not you." <laughs> but I, I, thought, I let him have his moment. <laughs> I, I thought about doing the same, but, but we. Um, you know, I, I think that statement just speaks volumes, mm-hmm. right? Like I'm, I'm the happiest man in the world. I have problems, sure, and I have troubles, and things come in my way that are inconvenient and unfortunate, and all of this, all of that. But I'm the happiest man alive because I have Jesus. Mm-hmm. You know, and so I. I what really, else do I need? What else do I need? Right, yeah. and so I, I think, I really do think that the the consumption of alcohol, and, and I'll phrase it this way, is is unbelievably unwise. Um, there's, there is no good that can come of it today. Yeah. There's none. And the, the perception of alcohol is also a problem, but, um, but I mean, there's just no good that can come from drinking alcohol today. And now it's just a lot like a a lot of other things in our life. Yeah. You know, it goes, it comes down to the heart. Yeah. Think about like the, the way you say things to to other people. If in your heart, you are, yeah angry intending things in a rude way then yeah. that that is wrong that's that's sinful yep. if in your heart you're thinking you're having fun with a brother and sister and things might come out a wrong way yeah then it's a different story there is some damage that has been done that needs to be repaired yeah that needs to um to be reconciled together but yep. that's not necessarily a you know out of out, going out of your way to to sin to disrespect somebody else, I think alcohol is a lot the same way. Yeah, um, it depends on your heart. Yeah, and that's why there's no line that you can say, "Boom, this is a sin, this yeah. is not a sin," because nobody else knows your heart. Yeah, but I kind of want to quote Steve Miner too, because one of the things that he was talking to us about is you know giving our hearts over to God. Yeah, you can't see anybody else's heart. Yeah, but you can hear your brother and sister's hearts yep. because what comes out of their mouth is a reflection of what's in their heart. Yeah. And so that's where I encourage you, you know, talk with, with people, yeah. um, talk with, with your brothers and sisters. You'll be able to see their heart yeah. and you'll be able to encourage them and be able to help one another grow closer to Christ. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Dylan, I appreciate, um, appreciate your thoughts on this and the discussion you too. That we've had. Uh, for those of you listening, we we appreciate you. Uh, we had, as Dylan mentioned last week, we had just a phenomenal month uh, in uh, in in June, and you know we're we're just 
so happy to be able to do this, that, mm-hmm. that uh, our eldership affords us this opportunity to, to talk and, and to, to continue doing this. They haven't shut it down. They haven't yeah. shut us down yet, which is nice. Yeah. But, um, but, but we, we love that you guys listen to us, and we, we hope and we pray that it's beneficial and edifying and encouraging and, and all of those wonderful E words and other letter words <laughs> that, uh, that are good. We, we really do hope that you all enjoy it, and we, we ask that you will send us any requests that you have, any thoughts, questions. Uh, and we also ask that if you could listen for just a, a couple more seconds, you can uh, you can figure out how you can help us. We thank you very much. Have a blessed day. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of Bible Conversations. We want to ask if you have any questions, suggestions, or comments, that you please email us at kcocbibleconversations at gmail.com. You can also find us on social media. We've got a Facebook page as well as an Instagram account. Our Facebook page is very simple. It's just Bible Conversations. On Instagram, it's very simple, at Bible Conversations. Uh, look us up, like our posts, and share it with your friends. We also have a an opportunity for you to help us financially through a, through a store uh, via Kim's Closet. And you can find that. Uh, you can just type into Google Kim's Closet. We have a, uh, we have a link as well that, that we will be... Uh, posting in, in each of our episodes and we just hope that you will that you'll reach out and find us and uh, purchase a hoodie or a shirt uh, with the logo on it and that way you can spread the word without having to say a word so we appreciate you thank you all have a blessed week